We're here to talk about all aspects of film, good or bad, from the perspective of wannabe filmmakers. Every episode, we'll dig into a movie, a performer, a director, or whatever in an attempt to unpack themes, rank favorites, and discuss successes and failures. The goal in part, as amateur filmmakers, is to walk away with a lesson about the medium in each episode. This is the Greg and Matt Movie Chat. This is Greg. What's up? And I'm Matt. So let's chat. (laughs) It is 1998. Yes. Welcome back to the show, everyone, and thank you for joining us on the second part to our very first ever end-of-year special. In the first half of this special, we honored 2020 by counting down our top 10 favorite films of the year. Now we're following that up with our our own award show, honoring the best achievements in film from last year, from Best Supporting Actor and Actress, to Best Superhero Film, to Best Comedy and Best Drama. And not only did we come up with the nominations, but you lovely people voted on Facebook and Instagram to help us find our winners. So, without further ado, let's kick off the very first ever GMMC Movie Awards. Wow! Wow! And, and like maybe maybe some like you know big band music. You know it sounds really epic when we say the GMMC Movie Awards. Yeah, absolutely. The Greg and Matt Movie Chat, more like the GMMC. Yeah, this isn't just a this isn't just a podcast. This is a media empire, folks. The Gimmick Movie Awards. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> I didn't even think of that before, and now I'm like, oh, the Gimmick Movie Awards. So that's what people are going to win. We don't even have that great of a gimmick yet, do we? No, not really. Not really. I'll the think gimmick that. is that we're doing an award show, but they don't actually win anything. <laughs> <laughs> the gimmick is there are no prizes, the points don't matter, and we have no authority. <laughs> exactly. But in that sense, the rules don't matter. There are no rules, so we could do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck it. We're, I'm um, giving. I'm giving every. I'm giving every award to <laughs> Viola Davis. Uh, uh, how about Tokyo Drift? Just wins everything. Tokyo Best Drift, director. Oh, God. I just remember that one joke you were telling me where you were like, um, "What if Viola Davis won every Oscar? Just every Oscar? It's like <laughs> the nominees for Best Actor are." Hugh Jackman, Delroy Lindo, Chadwick Boseman, Riz Ahmed, and uh, Pete Davidson. And the winner is Viola Davis. <laughs> and everyone is sitting there kind of like, what the fuck? And then they're like, but yeah. And then they're they start like, clapping along. Yeah, for a second they're like, what? Oh, but they have a good point. <laughs> exactly. For best lighting is Viola Davis. Boom. And it's like, What? Oh, man. Um, We also just want to make it very clear that we did not see every movie, uh, just like in the last episode we talked about. So some of the ones that will not be uh, considered for any awards are Nomadland, Minari, The Father, Supernova, uh, Ammonite. Those ones, I'm sure that they're great movies. We just didn't see them. And they'll probably get some awards recognition. Um, If they don't, I mean, they probably should because they they look great. But um, yeah, there's probably also plenty of like foreign films and indie films that just aren't even on our radar. So but absolutely. I, I only saw one foreign language movie in 2020 and it was another round. So there you go. There's also a series on Amazon Prime that I didn't get to called Small Acts, and it's a series of five films, five feature-length films by Steve McQueen. Um, 
the director of like Widows and Twelve Years a Slave, Shame. He's a fantastic director. There's no doubt in my mind that these movies are phenomenal. Um, I just didn't see them yet, and I don't want to put them in like the TV show category and people be like, why is that a TV show? But it's also weird because it's is it a, a TV show, mm-hmm. but it's feature length movie? I don't really know, but I want to give it recognition because I'm sure it's a phenomenal, phenomenal series. So there you go. Well said, Matt. Well said. Couldn't agree better. Couldn't be happier to be co-hosting this with you. Oh, thank you. Thank I feel you. like so I should I wear a bow tie. Gonna... <laughs> I feel like I should wear a bow tie too, and nobody can see it, but it's it's not about that. It's about um, it's about what we know and what they don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. I do have a bow tie, listeners. You just can't see it. Alrighty. Well, without further ado, let's hop right into the awards show. Now, you guys voted on Facebook and Instagram, but those weren't the only nominations. Those were the big ones, um, like Best Supporting Actor and Actress, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Comedy, Best Drama, Best Director, whatever. So the, the, the big awards. But we've got a couple other categories here. Um, some fun ones because we like to do it ourselves. And this first category is something that's a little bit different that I've never really seen done before. So I'm very excited to to do this and to start this off uh, with this category. So just because a movie is bad doesn't mean that it has bad things in it entirely. Well, I mean, it means it has bad things in it, but this doesn't mean that everything is bad about it. You know, occasionally you get a movie like the room where everything is terrible, but you know, sometimes you just get a bad movie that there's a good performance in it. And unfortunately, if a, if a movie is not great, but it has great performances in it, chances are that great performance is not going to be recognized. Mm. Well, not here today. We're going to start off our GMMC or the gimmick movie awards. Actually, I actually sounds really good. I have to say that does. Um, we're going to start off the gimmick movie awards with performances that made bad or disappointing movies better. So these are performances that even though the movie might have been terrible, these performances made the movie at least somewhat bearable. So, and the nominees are Simon Pegg inheritance uh, Bill Skarsgård, The Devil All the Time. Tom Holland, The Devil All the Time. Amy Adams for Hillbilly Elegy. And Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. So I didn't see The Devil All the Time, but it looked miserable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see Hillbilly Elegy, but it didn't look fantastic either. I heard it was some people liked it. I heard some people really didn't like it. So I thought putting it here would be fair because I think even if it was good for some people, I can definitely say it was probably disappointing because Mm -hmm. a lot of people didn't like it. And it's a Ron Howard movie that didn't do great. So that is a disappointment in and of itself. But I still want to give Amy Adams and Glenn Close some credit because, I mean, they're always on. So, yeah, I doubt that they're the problem with that movie. I think the problem is they probably were handed bad source material. Um, so those are the ones right there. The Devil All the Time was pretty miserable. And Inheritance was just fucking stupid. But um, Simon Pegg was, was pretty entertaining to watch. Okay. So with all these in mind, 
it's time to announce our winner. The winner of the performance that made a bad or disappointing movie better is Bill Skarsgård, The Devil All the Time. Wow! <laughs> Are you going to add in actual like clapping and stuff? <laughs> I might. <laughs> we'll see how much energy I have. Yeah, yeah, good. Bill Skarsgård yeah. is great. He's he's a creepy fuck, and he's I, a creepy fuck. He's a great actor. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad. I was pumped to see this movie. I was actually pretty like looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to do a, a a double feature of The Devil All the Time, and I'm thinking of ending things. Let me just. You that know, sounds like a bad idea. It, it was. It was not a fun time. I didn't enjoy myself very much. Just laid um, in bed for the next week after that. Pretty much. Yep. Pretty much. You you kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, wasn't a great time. Didn't really enjoy either of the movies all that much. Um, I'm not saying that I'm thinking of ending things as bad. I just don't. I just didn't love it as much as I wanted to. But um, yeah, no, the devil all the time just was not good. But I will say I started this off. And Bill Skarsgård opens the movie. He's You're following him for the first, like, 30 minutes. Mm. And he makes you think it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why he wins, because he was really, really great in this movie. So for the first little bit, I'm like, oh, okay, this might actually be, like, pretty damn good. And as it continues, you're like, oh, this is not going great. Uh, he's only in a, a little bit of it. He's only in the, probably the first 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. But... Um, mm. For the time that he's on screen, you are you're you're into it. Alrighty, now let's move into a category with some really great performances in pretty damn good movies. Um, this is actually my favorite category of best supporting actor because I find this is a difficult role to be. You know, when you're a supporting yeah. actor, you're not the lead. You don't you don't have a, as many lines to say. So a lot of what you're doing is reacting and supporting, literally. Yeah. Um, a lead performance. So. With this in mind, the nominees for Best Supporting Actor are Bill Murray for On the Rocks, Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of the Chicago 7, Bo Burnham, Promising Young Woman, Paul Racy, Sound of Metal, and Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Uh, a couple honorable mentions real quick were Bill Burr for King of Staten Island and Richard Jenkins for Kajillionaire. Really great performances. All of but. these were really strong. Oh, they were very, very, very strong. You saw two of them. Okay. Yes. You can you can vouch for those two, uh, Paul Racy and Bo Burnham, that they were very strong performances. Mm-hmm. Bill Murray never disappoints. Sasha Baron Cohen, same thing. Absolutely. And it's great to see Sasha Baron Cohen do something that's kind of serious, but still bringing levity to a movie. Yeah. Anyway, the winner of the gimmick for Best Supporting Actor is Bill Murray on the rocks. Hell yeah, Bill Murray, come on. We we, we got our guest here, Bill Murray. Uh, it's getting a, an acceptance speech. Bill, where are you? Oh, I don't think you made it. Greg, we, we don't have a budget. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. Bill Murray's not listening. <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> I could have swore. I could have swore. I could have swore. I got an email from him. He wanted to be on the show. He was really looking forward to it. He's a big fan. I think that was Phil Murray. I think that's a plumber from like, you know, <laughs> from oh. Brampton, Ontario. I don't think that's quite the same person. That makes but, uh, sense. I have been having some sense. issues with the pipes. Yes. 
Yes, you should call him though. He may maybe we can give we can make an award and give it to him for being such a good plumber. But uh, that's true. Now, tell me a little bit about 2020. Well, how was how was your year of 2020? For movies or just the year in general? Yeah, just the year in general. Um, kind of like a slow moving garbage truck on fire. I would yep. say. Sounds about right. I sounds I, about right. I coped by making a lot of things though. So yeah. A podcast, a friend named Matt. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sounds like you made a lot of things that were that were great, uh, you know, use of your time. Yeah, some uh, YouTube, yeah. some some writing, a short film, but mainly the friend named ma- Matt. That mainly, was that was an important part of it. How about you? Well, how was it? Yeah, you know, it was a disaster, but um, you know, at least we had some good entertainment. And I will say, uh, there were a lot of movies that came out that sucked in 2020 but there were some surprises there were some times as i sat down in the theater i mean in my room on my laptop and i saw some movies that really didn't suck uh that really could have so without further ado the nominations for the best movie that surprisingly didn't suck are borat subsequent movie film bill and ted face the music the Invisible Man, Bad Boys for Life, and Sonic the Hedgehog. All of these were a lot of fun, you know, probably mm. more fun than they deserve to be. I mean, Borat is coming out 15 years after the original. Bill and Ted's coming out even longer after the last movie. It's yeah. been like almost 30 years. The Invisible Man, I don't know. It just didn't look great when I saw the trailer. No, and like the um, previous attempts at like re-energizing the Universal Monsters have been utter disasters. The Mummy. <clears throat> yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Dracula Untold or whatever the fuck that oh, was. Get yikes. out of here. Bad Voice for Life. It seems like the um, the trend here is really like, oh, look, uh, this was good in the 90s. Let's try and bring it back. <laughs> And then, of course, Sonic the Hedgehog, again, good in the 90s. Let's bring it back. This you know what was, was good in the 90s? No fucking pandemic. Jesus Christ. Yeah, let's bring that back. Let's get a sequel let's to that. that. Let's get a sequel to no pandemic, you know? Yeah. Everybody watched Outbreak. Everybody watched Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman and went, yeah, let's not. Let's make sure that never happens. Yeah, that You know was what fantastic. was good in the 90s? The lack of a collapsing faith in the entire system that controls this world (laughs) you know what was good in the 90s the first bad boys we didn't need a fucking sequel let's bring it back let's bring back the 90s let's bring back the 90s guys anyway without further ado the best movie that surprisingly didn't suck the winner is sonic the hedgehog Woo! Oh, go Sonic. You know, uh, we all expected that these movies would be awful, villainous, almost. Um, <laughs> but that wasn't the case. <laughs> Let's take a look at some real villains. There were some great villains in uh, in 2020. You know, there were some really, really great villains. There was, there were. These are the only five that we could really think of that deserved to be nominated. There were, there, there were fucking hardly any movies. All right, like how. Can you, um, they were like, no, the villain was just the movie industry <laughs> being destroyed by the pandemic. That was the best yeah, villain that's of true. 2020. But 
if we're talking about in terms of movies, the nominees for the gimmick award for best villain are Russell Crowe and unhinged Jim Carrey, Sonic the Hedgehog, Frank Langella, Langella. I don't know. Uh, Langella. Lanolin. Uh, <laughs> Frank Langella, the trial of the Chicago seven, Ewan McGregor, birds of prey, and Oliver Jackson Cohen for The Invisible Man. And the winner for the gimmick award for the best villain goes to Dr. Robotnik, played by Jim Carrey in Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, yeah. Oh, it felt man. like he was back. Just from what right? I've seen. I haven't even seen the movie, but the clips I've seen, it's like, Oh, you this haven't is, even seen the movie. <laughs> this is Jim Carrey. He's back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. This was a that was a really 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 fun movie. Just everybody thought it was going to be terrible. I actually thought it looked okay, but um, it looked like a good time. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be a good time, so I was looking forward to it. Yeah, every every like protagonist and hero needs a good villain, and I think he nailed it. Um, but really, a hero can't handle a villain without a little bit of support. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I keep, oh man, yeah, I just love how you keep moving it forward with these transitions. It's hilarious. Well, my toes here. A hero can't have a villain without some support. So let's move into our next category the best supporting actress. Oh my God. <laughs> so the nominees for best supporting actress are Ellen Burstyn, Pieces of a Woman. You know, playing a playing a piece of shit mother is mm. really difficult. So she did a fantastic job. Olivia Cook, Sound of Metal. She was yes. phenomenal uh, playing the heart to Riz Ahmed's uh, drummer. Amanda Seyfried, Mank. Maria Bakalova, Borat subsequent movie film. And Glenn Close in Hillbilly Elegy. And the gimmick award for best supporting actress goes to Maria Bakalova for Borat's subsequent movie film. Let's get serious here for a second. This was a really phenomenal performance because she had to be on the same comedic level as Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, for real. That's like, that should be impossible. What else was she even in before this? I have no idea. Was she just like an improv comic? Who knows, man? I don't even know if she was an improv comic, but man, she was phenomenal in this movie. And I I really, really... Oh, yeah. No, she was phenomenal. Um, I'm looking her up right now. Has she even been in anything else? I I don't know. It looks like she's done a couple of things, but uh, nothing like too uh, crazy. Like, you know, Girl and Taxi in a movie that does not have a... Uh, a Wikipedia page. Yeah, it's it's amazing they found her and that it, she was as good as she was because I think with a with a shittier supporting actress or really just anyone who's who can't keep up with Sasha Baron Cohen and is but oh, yeah. they're in on the joke like that wouldn't work. Oh yeah, no for sure they they really did a good job casting her and she's phenomenal. I can't wait to see her in more stuff. Hopefully she keeps doing comedies, but I'd love to see her do something serious as well. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, or, or like another kind of mockumentary, maybe, because um, she's great at thinking on on her toes during you know real life moments. There were a lot of other movies too that covered some interesting real life moments uh, that weren't mockumentaries; they were documentaries, right? Son of a bitch! Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> These 
are the choices for the best documentary feature. Now, just a disclaimer, a lot of these, we didn't see everything. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of, uh, we're saying winners to stuff, even though we didn't see absolutely everything. But um, we're getting a sense of the general uh, public's thoughts on these movies and what is seems to be the best movies. Mm-hmm. So these ones were the best documentaries of the year. You Cannot Kill David Arquette. Time. The Social Dilemma. Dick Johnson is Dead and Robin's Wish. And the winner for best documentary feature is Time. This is actually a really heartbreaking and heartwarming documentary. Mm. It's about a woman who's trying to get her husband out of prison uh, after he's been sentenced to 60 years in prison for an armed robbery. That's awful. Yeah. That's terrible. It's awful. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you know, he has he did commit the crime. Absolutely. But he you see how the family has changed and how the family has been affected and how they have actually grown and changed as people after this event. And it just becomes something of what where it's like, come on, like, do they need to be in prison this long? This is ridiculous. Like. What's the point of prison if not to rehabilitate someone, make them, help them reintegrate into society? But it seems like just in North America and especially in the States, but it's a problem here in Canada too. That's not the point. The point is to just keep a person in a cage and make, and like make them suffer, which does, that does not help anybody in society at all. Exactly. Exactly. It's really, it's kind of a disgusting abuse of power, uh, especially when race is involved too. And you can tell that there's some, some racial profiling going on. If he was some white kid who, who did an armed robbery, I doubt he would have gotten as intense of a, of a sentence. Absolutely. I think that, I think they say in the documentary, the, the time that you could be in jail is somewhere between five and 99 years. And, uh, I'm just like, okay, look, if you committed an armed robbery, like, I I don't know, man, I, I don't know if you need 99 years to tell you like, you're like okay like people make mistakes but like do you need to be in prison for the next hundred years like unless you did like 99 armed robberies you know like (laughs) yeah yeah but you know people can make mistakes people can be can can do really bad things and they can learn from that so yeah it's Mm -hmm. rehabilitation not just incarceration forever absolutely yeah i don't even have like a a lighthearted transition for that because fuck the prison system <laughs> yeah yeah no i'm, I'm kind of i was thinking i'm like how do you how do you how do you make a transition you know and i i don't know i i guess the only way is you gotta you gotta make a really animated transition oh here are the nominees for the best animated feature of 2020 well done well i applaud you matt <laughs> wolf walkers on apple tv plus Soul on Disney Plus, uh, The Willoughby's on Netflix, and Onward, which I uh, I don't know where that is. I, it's probably on Disney Plus as well. I think so. Yeah, it was one that came out in theaters before the theaters all shut down. Mm-hmm. And the winner for best animated feature, obviously, is Soul. Okay, there. Like, let's not even. No one's surprised by this. If this doesn't win best supporting or best um yeah best supporting actor, best animated feature. <laughs> And the winner for best supporting actor is Disney's Soul. Yeah, it's like what? Like okay, though I kind of get it. 
It's bold. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Soul was phenomenal. Soul how, was really, really heartfelt. How heartbreaking was it? Because I kind of wanted to watch it, but sometimes a Pixar movie can just, like, fucking tear up my insides. Um, I, it wasn't that heartbreaking. No. It wasn't that heartbreaking, actually. No, it didn't tear up my, my insides. I don't know. I might just be an emotionless bastard. But uh, No, I, 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 think, I, I think you're much more in touch when watching movies than me, because most of the time I'm like, how did they do that? Meanwhile, someone oh, is like true. suffering on screen. That's true. You know what? I did like cry during Step Brothers once, so they were definitely <laughs> very in touch with my emotions. He put yeah. his balls on his drum kit. I wasn't. I wasn't crying at that part. I was. I was crying at the end of the movie when he's singing. Right. Uh, that was the part I was crying at. But yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm crying over the fact. Oh man, he the said, poor Let's drum get kit. It on. He said, "Let's get." He let. He licked white cat poop. <laughs> oh man! Oh the humanity! Oh the humanity! But no, I appreciate that Pixar can do movies with all kinds of range. So I guess that's why I was curious because they can do something like you know about a father and son. They can do something heartfelt and sad. They can do something very cheerful and they can do really funny stuff too it's a very very funny movie um it's 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 just a really great movie just about someone who's an artist and really wants to perform and they'll do anything in their power to to be able to be on the stage of their dreams for mm-hmm. once in their life you know absolutely and it's a very touching movie I, I just had a really great time watching it and it just um it's very inspiring. It's very heartwarming. It's very uplifting. I d- it didn't really tear up my insides too much, um, so I think you're you're okay to watch it. Um, okay. Well, if Pixar's soul didn't tear you up, maybe some of these comedy specials will leave you in stitches. That is correct. There were some good comedy specials that came out in 2020. There were. Um, there, were there was significantly less, it felt like. Um, but there were some really good ones. In fact, one of them actually was really, really, um, was like a really good comedy special. Um, Sarah Cooper, Everything's Fine. That was that was one of them that actually touched on um, like the COVID-19 pandemic, mm-hmm. but actually did it in a way that was actually funny. I find a lot of the stuff that touches on that um, in a humorous way is not funny and and they they are unable to find a a proper target to make fun of. But I feel like this one um, actually touched on it really well. I think, I think what it did is it it didn't make like, it didn't make fun of the pandemic itself. It made fun of the social interaction that becomes um, apparent after in, in wake of the pandemic, you know, for example, she's doing a performance outside and, um, cars are honking you know mm-hmm. and she's doing a magic trick that's what it was she was doing like a m- magic act and cars are honking when they like something you know and it's just like <laughs> this is so this is such a nightmare to work with it's also got some great performances from uh maya rudolph ben stiller fred armison uh winona Ryder pops up at there at one point wow um, but anyway the best comedy specials of 2020 are the nominees are Patton oswald i love everything Dave Chappelle, 846, Sarah Cooper, Everything's Fine, and Mark Marin, End Times Fun. And the winner for Best Comedy Special of 2020 is Mark Marin, End Times Fun. Love this, this one. Phenomenal. A lot. 
this was great. This was a really, really good one. Um, hey, folks, you know, um, I had a great time <laughs> listening to this. I wanted Dave Chappelle um, to win a little bit uh, because that one was was touching on, you know, the George Floyd um, tragedy that mm-hmm. happened in 2020, unfortunately. And I think the Dave Chappelle wrote a really good special that touched on that. Um, oh, yeah. I just didn't he really. Can, he's I didn't, so insightful. He's very insightful. I just didn't find that it, um, you know, I, I I hesitate to even call it really a comedy special because it wasn't really all that funny um, as much as maybe like something like Mark Barron was. It didn't really provide the escapism. I think people um, wanted in some way, but that's not what it's trying to do. It's not trying to be an escapism. It's trying to do quite the opposite of, of point you in the direction yeah. of... Um, looking at problems that are in the States and just in the world in general right now. And, you know, he's got his classic charm in there sometime every throughout the whole thing and uh, makes a joke that is very, very funny that works as well. Yeah. Would you say his style sometimes is a little bit George Carlin-y the older he gets where he he's more giving kind of a a humorous speech than he is doing like set up punchline, set up punchline, you know? Yeah, I would say that. I'm not super familiar with George Carlin because I haven't okay. actually seen like a ton of his stuff, but I'm, I'm familiar enough to be like, yeah, no, that's definitely what it is. And I've heard from other people. It's kind of like Carlin. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really do love the special. The only reason that Mark Marin won is because I felt like he did a better job um, being an escapism. And I think that's kind of what I what I was looking for a little bit when I kind of voted for this. I think that's probably where you kind of landed as well. Agreed. I think... Marin's really great at balancing cynicism while still providing an escape. You know what I mean? So yeah. like I, I need someone angry or not. I wouldn't even say he's angry. He's just like bitter. Right? I need, yeah. I need someone bitter to make some jokes in a time like yeah. this. And it, it really worked for me. Exactly. I, I really dug it. I also think didn't, uh, did Lynn Shelton direct? Yes. This one? Yes. That's another reason I really wanted this to win because I, I love Lynn Shelton. I I miss her dearly. She was a phenomenal director, mm-hmm. one of the best, and it's it's a real shame that we that we lost her so early. Um, yeah, but this was as a final. I I I love that her last two projects were with Mark Maron, someone that she had a really really f- like just fantastic and loving relationship with, and. There's just something about sort of trust and, um, you know, too real as well was another special she directed Mm -hmm. as well as end times fun with Mark Maron that just, there's just something about it that feels very personal and feels very loving. So that's something I can really love about it. I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of loving, uh, there was a great time of year last year that was a very loving season. Uh, the Christmas season. And I find, you know, Christmas movies, they're kind of their own genre. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at Bad Santa, you're not considering that on the list of the funniest movies of all time. You're considering that on the list of the funniest Christmas movies of all time. You know, it's a, it's a separate thing, you know. It's its own kind of, uh, almost like its own genre. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, the these are the best Christmas movies of 2020. Or the nominees for the best Christmas movies of 2020. 
The Christmas Chronicles 2. Holiday. Happiest Season and Jingle Jangle. And the winner for Best Christmas Movie of 2020. The Gimmick Award goes to Happiest Season. Yeah. I'm glad this, this movie okay. exists. You're glad this movie exists. Okay. Um, I'm surprised you say that, though, because when you first saw it, you had some different things to say about it. I think it could have been better, but yep. overall, I'm, I'm, I mean, it, it will be a staple of my Christmases regardless. And so it's definitely yeah. not, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a really bad Christmas movie. It's not like Four Christmases or something, you know? Just going to say, yeah. <laughs> All, yeah. all, this whole list was pretty solid. Holiday was awful um, and barely a Christmas movie, but it's still, yeah. it's like a top tier kind of Hallmark movie. So yeah. I, although it's a kind of a weird movie because you go into it thinking like, oh, it's going to be like a, like a Hallmark movie. And then they're saying like fucking shit and talking about sex nonstop. And you're like, true. oh, wow, this is a uh, very raunchy. A Ballmark um, movie. A what? A Ballmark movie. Ballmark movie, yeah. But um, I enjoyed it. I really liked Happiest Season. At one point, I was considering putting that on my top ten best. Um, of course, I saw m- many more movies after that that were much better. Um, but I liked Happiest Season. There was a lot of competition. But I enjoyed Happiest Season. Definitely had its problems. The ending probably wrapped things up. Well, definitely wrap things up like way too easily. Like just, oh, let's just make a very clear solution here. But um, I dug it for the most part. And I also have a hard time not appreciating movies that have a, uh, a positive LGBT message about them. I just find that right now we're in such a divisive time. So having movies like this are just there. It's just nice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Know? Lift so, people up. Lift people up. Don't put them down. You know? Yeah. I, I liked right. I liked really everything on the Christmas movie list quite a bit. Yeah. I think Christmas Chronicles two and Jingle Jangle also were awesome. Yeah, uh, very magical. Yeah, come on, and who you doesn't... even enjoyed Holiday? Yeah, I mean, as much as you know, Holiday deserves to be enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> Already, well, you know, making a movie like a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. You're creating a lot of enjoyment there, you know? Yeah. And it's the job of everybody on set to make sure the enjoyment is directed in the right direction. Here are the nominees for best director. (laughs) Aaron Sorkin for The Trial of the Chicago 7. Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. Darius Martyr for Sound of Metal. Spike Lee, The Five Bloods, and Regina King's One Night Miami. And the winner for Best Director goes to Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. Powerful. Powerful. It's amazing that it's her first outing as director because there's so much... um, I don't know. You can just tell there was a lot of thought put into framing and how how Cassie was framed versus how others were framed and, and... what that informed, how that informed the emotions of the scene and stuff. Really, really strong, strong start. Exactly. This has got performances that are fantastic all around the board. I also just think the casting of like really likable male actors in roles that are pretty 
uh, despicable. Mm-hmm. It adds some I realism. Think that that's also that's some realism because like you see Adam Brody in the opening scene, you're like, oh, Adam Brody, I love Adam Brody. He's so likable. He's so charming. He's so cute. You know, he can't do anything bad. I can't. I well, how how can how can Adam Brody ever do anything awful? And then you see it, and it's so real. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can't wait to do an episode on this, and I'm so glad that you like this movie because. I really love this movie. It was my favorite movie of 2020. Um, I'm really happy that this one won Best Director. Um, also, just it, here we go. I, I want the first director. Um, secretly, I kind of wanted it to be a, a female director because I feel like they do not get enough credit. And there just aren't enough of them. Yeah. So I'm glad that there were a couple great movies that came out in 2020 that were directed by by women. And like um, well directed better than anyone else. Promise. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think only a, a woman could have directed Promise. Exactly. A woman. Um, Regina King for One Night in Miami was also great. You know, Spike Lee and Aaron Sorkin. Uh, we know that they're going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Sorkin's kind of new to directing, but hey, like he's a great writer. It's not a surprise to me that he's a fantastic director as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Darius Martin for Sound of Metal. I think this is this also his directorial debut. I don't know if it is, but I think it might be. Whatever the case, it might be. But if it is, or if it isn't, it was a great, great movie that he directed with Sound of Metal. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, really, all of these could be winners. But I think just how inventive, how unique, and how how powerful "Promising Young Woman" is. Just it it speaks to Emerald Fennell's. Uh, strengths as a director exactly you know i i think looking at the director's strengths is is very very important and you know every time i'm looking at somebody's strengths i'm like hmm I, what are what are my strengths what are what are my strengths and i'm like i got a podcast you know and what are greg's strengths because he's a great guy and i'm like yeah what what strengths kind of go hand in hand with interests mm-hmm. and interests that we both have are horror movies <laughs> <laughs> Not the smoothest transition. Um, that's not a strength of mine, but that's okay. Um, these are the nominees for the best horror movies of 2020. I have to say, 2020, despite being a rough year. Mm-hmm. A horrific pretty, year. A horrific year. Yes, thank you. Pretty great year for horror movies. Yeah. Um, we only have six nominations, but... Um, there were way more horror movies that were phenomenal. Yeah. We are a big fan of horror movies. So we could have made this honestly like a top 10 list of our 10 favorite or of my favorite horror movies at least. Because um, there were so many good ones that came out. Agreed. I, I really wish I, I had seen more too. But I felt like the horror communities were buzzing all year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, man. I, I guess the the thing that was good about horror movies this year is that because movies couldn't go out in the theaters and horror movies are usually pretty cheap to make, I'm guessing maybe people were okay releasing them online and stuff like that. Because I mean, it's not super difficult to get like a profit. It's not like, Oh man, what are we going to do with wonder woman 1984 where it's like, how are we going to, you know, get this out there? Yeah. And make Um, our money back. And make our money back. But I think horror movies, because they're already so cheap to begin with, it's like, oh, we'll we'll throw it in theaters for like a week or two and then online or we'll just put it online and 
or sell it to somebody and you know we'll make our money back because it didn't even cost that much to begin with so it's it's going to be pretty easy to turn profit so yeah that's interesting like horror has always been kind of king of of the indie indie movie genre so it makes sense when you put it that way oh yeah yeah well i'm always right so true true (laughs) (laughs) um anyway here are the nominees for best horror movie of 2020 relic the invisible man possessor uncut host swallow and his house these were all really great. I didn't get to see Host yet, but I really hope that you are able to check out Relic uh, soon. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix at the moment, so uh, check it out. Um, but there were so many great movies that came out. So many great horror movies. And the winner for Best Horror Movie of 2020 is a fan favorite on Instagram, The Invisible Man. I could have swore The Invisible Man was a superhero. Ooh, I mean, I guess it could be a superpower, but um, the thing is, I guess the criteria is that it did not come from a comic book. Mm-hmm. So let's move into a discussion about the best superhero slash comic book movies of 2020. Not many. Not a lot of them. Not many. Nope. No. A couple in the DC extended universe. Nothing from the MCU, which is pretty sad because I love the MCU. Yeah, it's you know? weird. Kind of like first year without the MCU when I when I popped in WandaVision, uh, like the week it came out, it was like, yeah. like, fuck, it's good to see that Marvel intro and like not know oh, what's know, coming right? next. There's going to be a little bit of controversy for one of our nominees because it is getting some backlash. But hey, we had a good time watching it. Mm-hmm. It was a disappointing movie, but Wonder Woman 1984 was fun. So... Here are the nominees for Best Superhero slash Comic Book Movie. Birds of Prey. Wonder Woman 1984. The Old Guard. And Bloodshot. And the winner for Best Superhero Comic Book Movie is Birds of Prey. By a landslide, folks. By By a a fucking fucking landslide. landslide. I did a poll between Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman 1984. Oh my god. Such a huge difference. Birds of Prey was... I think I think on Facebook it was unanimous that Birds of Prey was a better movie, mm-hmm, which is and shocking. On Instagram, yeah, because if I heard that last year or two years ago, I don't think I would have believed it. I would think be the other way around. But I'm I'm happy. Yeah. I'm really happy that yeah. that's how it turned out. I was shocked too. I was like, really, the follow up to Suicide Squad is going to be better than the follow up to Wonder Woman. Shut up. Um, but yeah, no, I love the. The way that Wonder Woman looks, I like the vibe of the movie. Mm-hmm. It has a nice feel to it, um, but it didn't quite work for me the way that Birds of Prey did. And Birds of Prey, I wasn't even a huge fan of either, but I had a good time with it. So yeah, great, much tighter story. I'm gonna I'm gonna shift the gears over to you because you watched more of the TV this year. That's true. You know, I'm a big TV fellow, especially yeah. when it comes to. Um, I don't know, comedies and documentaries, a lot, a lot of docu-series I watch, and I watched a bunch this year, because a lot of good ones came out. Um, yeah, also, your girlfriend is a bit of a a bit of a documentary fan, I think, at yeah. least, anyway, with, um, with especially, like, with um, killers and murder mysteries and whatnot. Yeah, true crime and all that. Yeah. True crime. That's kind of my thing, too. That's, that's kind of 
what me and Emma like to talk about every time we get together. We talk about murderers and you sit there and go, yep, yep, no, you're not, I'm not friends with two psychopaths, but, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I no, love a cool. good true crime documentary though, too. Like, oh yeah, I, absolutely. I think morally it can be weird sometimes because there's people making money off of these the situation 100 percent. it's still super like i can't look away there were some amazing ones uh this year especially the nominations for this year are they span beyond just true crime though um we've got the last dance the michael jordan documentary uh surviving r kelly the mind of aaron hernandez tiger king and mcmillions and i will say all of these are worth checking out i've seen all of these Except I kind of half watched Tiger King, um, but all of these were really strong, uh, well made, well told stories. Um, yeah. But there can only be one winner, and the champ of the documentary television series for this year, the GMMC Gimmick Award, goes to The Last Dance. So it's, it's a great documentary. Yeah. There's all there's all this footage that's never been seen before of like Michael Jordan playing for the Bulls, um, mm. sort of like locker room footage and like you know uh, perspectives that haven't been shown before, and it's it's in such good quality. It feels crazy. It feels like a time machine of one of the most you know uh, most beloved athletes of all time, um, which is amazing. And I'm glad they turned it into a series that it wasn't just a movie uh, because I love yeah. a series. I love a story that goes oh, yeah. on. Um, I've only heard glowing reviews about it, so I am pumped to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. It makes for a great binge watch. And there was a lot of bingeable stuff this year. And you know we all binged because it was a rough year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's nothing else to do. Yeah, and speaking of which, some of the best television series that I binged this year, uh, the nominations for best television series are... Auntie Donna's Big Ol' House of Fun, The Queen's Gambit, The Mandalorian, Big Mouth, and Ted Lasso. Out of these, I, I only haven't seen Big Mouth or Ted Lasso, um, but I probably will get to those. So much quality here. It's almost hard to pick just one. Um, but I think in terms of a filmmaking achievement, a storytelling achievement, um, there's one here that's pretty perfect. And so... The gimmick award for best television series goes to the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> Wanted to say Viola Davis. <laughs> best, best television series, Viola Davis. <laughs> the reality, honestly, if she had a reality TV show, I would watch that. Hell yeah! I don't even know what it'd be yeah. about. I wouldn't care. Oh yeah, so, right? so many great performances in the Queen's Gambit, though great effects but really there a lot of actors and actresses um they stood their ground and gave oh yeah really solid performances and i'm sure if they had been in a film they would have been included in the next category matt take it away here are the nominees for best actor in a drama we got a little asmr there for a second yeah javik boseman Here are the nominees for Best Actor in a Drama. Gary Oldman, Mank. Kingsley Benadir, One Night in Miami. Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal. Delroy Lindo, Defy Bloods. 
and Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. A couple honorable mentions, Jim Parsons and the boys in the band and Ben Affleck, The Way Back. Those were also great performances, but there was no room for them. No room. Can I just say Kingsley Benadir is like the coolest fucking name? Oh, yeah. That's all yeah, I have. He is a fucking cool <laughs> fucking name. I haven't seen One Night in Miami. He's a great actor, too. But especially you see the OA. I, I, I should. I've heard a lot of good things. Yeah. Especially seeing his name spelled out. I'm like, that is awesome. That is yeah. so cool. It, it's like, it, there's a fine line between cool names and pretentious names. And he's like right on the, on the level of cool. Yeah. You know? Um, it, I don't know. So there's something just that puts a bad taste in my mouth when there's an actor who has three names. It just, there's something about it that just seems very pretentious, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if Philip Seymour Hoffman wasn't such a fantastic actor, I would have been like, fuck this That's guy. That's the thing. You Philip need, Seymour Hoffman. You need to be strong to carry three names. Th- those three yeah. names are heavy. Three names are heavy. Like, Tim Blake Nelson, even. You're like, thank God you're charming and you're a good actor. <laughs> you know? Because I, I wouldn't be going, oh, yeah, Tim Blake Nelson, if he was just a mediocre actor. What's your middle name, Matt? What would be yours? Mine would be Matthew James Hall, which just sounds like... Matthew James Hall. That does sound kind of prestige, though. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound that. That's why I just go by Matt Hall. Right. You know? I think I think I had a joke before where I was like, I should go by Jim. Like, James is my middle name. I should go by Jim, and I should go by Jim Hall, and then my nickname will be Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the winner for Best Actor in the Drama is Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. R.I.P. It's, it's eerie watching this movie because it is his final film performance. Mm. Um, it's another actor that we lost in 2020. It's, it's very tragic, and it was way too soon. He was really phenomenal, and he was great in movies like The Five Bloods and Black Panther, Marshall, uh, just everything that he did. He was phenomenal in it. It's fucked and up, this yeah. is his best performance Damn. that he ever gave, and it is, it's beautiful that it's his final performance and it was such an achievement um it's also just it's really heartbreaking because it is his final performance and it's like man i I just wish there was more more of him to to see but right well we have the memories of the movies that he did do and uh i'm just you know i'm I'm really glad i got to see ma rainey's black bottom i thought it was a really great movie but he really stole the show um, and I'm really looking forward to doing an episode on Chadwick Boseman uh, this season, mm-hmm. which is what we plan on doing. Now, speaking of, you know, best actor in a drama, um, it's great when they can bounce off other actors in the scene, like a uh, best actress in a drama. So, the yeah, that wasn't even a, really a transition. It was just like just fucking just move on <laughs> to the drama, you know. So anyway. Here are the nominees for Best Actress in a Drama. Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Haley Bennett for Swallow. Julia Garner, The Assistant. Elizabeth Moss, The Invisible Man. And Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. And the winner goes to Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. Fantastic. It's a really phenomenal performance. And she could have overacted the shit out of it. Mm. Um, it's a heartbreaking movie. It's a really hard movie to, to watch at times. because It's very, very sad and heavy. But 
she was really, really phenomenal in it. And uh, I'm glad that she won for Best Actress. And yeah, it seems like her acting contributed to that film being included in our next category, which is the Best Drama. Absolutely. Here are the nominees for Best Drama. The Trial of the Chicago 7. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. The Five Bloods. Sound of Metal. Pieces of a Woman. And One Night in Miami. And the winner for Best Drama of 2020 is Sound of Metal. Hell yeah. Just... I'm really happy that this one uh, won. I think it's my favorite out of all of these. I think it's yours as well, right? Yeah, I just thought it was just such a good movie. Um, I think Riz Ahmed's performance, as well as Olivia Cook's and uh, Paul Racy's, as well as there's just good representation of the deaf community in this movie. Um, it's nice to see a movie that actually, like, shows this community because i feel like it hasn't really been shown before i've never i've never Um, seen it i had no idea this is the first time i've ever seen an audiologist represented in a movie i've never seen that Mm. represented in a movie so i actually found that kind of interesting because i you know i I get my ears checked every now and again and i've never seen that on on uh on film before so i thought that was interesting to actually see that for once was it accurate um I mean, yeah, it was it was just like the simple, like an ear test of like uh, um, someone reading words to mm. you and just seeing if you can hear them. So it was it was it was very accurate. It's also one of those things. It's like so easy to get accurate, but nobody ever finds a way to to do it in an interesting way. Yeah. So I had no idea that's yeah. how those tests were done. And yeah, I mean, obviously, duh. I guess now that I see it, but yeah, it's just like that's why it's important to show those those kinds of life moments because there's so many people yeah. who who experienced that and like someone like me was ignorant to it. And it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. It's so empathetic. Yeah. After watching this movie, I've been like very, very, very like kind of nervous. Like when I'm listening to music, I'm like, okay, maybe turn it down a little bit. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to blow up my ears or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, just be careful with your eardrums. Just would not want to lose any of my hearing because it shows in this movie, how, how fragile and how, um, how much that means to to people, especially for Riz Ahmed's character, who's a musician. Yeah. This movie. Yeah, this is a heartbreaking film. Absolutely. You might need a laugh or a song after that, after this movie. Just going to say, I really, this is a really fucking sad thing to talk about. So let's, let's get into some comedy here, you know? Let's look at the best performances in a comedy in 2020. Comedy or musical? Um, We've got Andy Samberg for Palm Springs, Sasha Baron Cohen for Borat subsequent movie film. (laughs) Fucking name, man. (laughs) Pete Davidson for The King of Staten Island, Vince Vaughn for Freaky, and Hugh Jackman for Bad Education. Also an honorable mention to Mads Mikkelsen for another round. He was really, really great in that movie. I never thought of him as much of a comedian. Mads Mikkelsen? Yeah. Not really a comedian, but he's just he he can make you he can make you smile. Mm-hmm. Um, oh 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 he, yeah. He he's just always known for like oh yeah it's serious guy yeah Hannibal Lecter yeah villain in uh, Casino Royale mm-hmm. villain 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 I just feel bad for the guy stop casting him as a villain in the states guys he's a sweet guy. <laughs> Alrighty, but without further ado, I'm gonna make everybody on Instagram very 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 happy right now. 
the winner for best actor in a comedy or musical is Andy Samberg for Palm Springs. Hell yes. People love this. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a, it's great. I, he, I, I've all, I think our generation grew up on him cause he was kind of the SNL star, uh, when oh, we were yeah. kids. And so I'll, I'll always <laughs> yeah. give it up for Andy Samberg. Absolutely. And I feel like this is actually a really good performance too, because I feel like it's a bit different than what he usually does. Mm. I don't know. Usually he seems like he's very optimistic, almost overly optimistic. Yeah. Um, in his movies and I love it. Like I love, he plays that character very well. So it was kind of cool to see him play a character who's maybe a little bit more disillusioned and maybe not, not pessimistic necessarily, but he just kind of was a little bit like, you know, I'm stuck in this time loop and I'm not even going to try to find my way out of it. Cause there's just no way out of it. Right. Anymore. Um, but it was interesting to see that. So I, I really loved the way that they built the world in Palm Springs, and I thought this was a really, really fun movie. And his performance is uh, really what kind of helps this movie, as well as Kristen Milioti, which leads us into our next category. Best Actress in a Comedy or Musical. We have Kristen Milioti, Palm Springs. Anya Taylor-Joy for Emma. Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Aubrey Plaza from Black Bear and Evan Rachel Wood for Kajillionaire. And the winner for Best Actress in a Comedy or Musical is Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman. Yeah, I, she gets a lot more to do than just comedy, and I think that seriously elevates any moment of levity in this movie. Oh, yeah. And I also just, I, I've told you this before, I have a lot more respect for actors when they do something of the opposite genre that they're known for. Oh, yeah. Uh, Carrie Mulligan is really known for being like a serious actor. Um, mm -hmm. Very, very serious. And to see her do a comedy that also has some serious elements in it, I was blown away by it because I was like, oh, I didn't know that she could be this funny. Um and it made me like her a lot more. Yeah, agreed. I've only ever seen her as like the goody-goody kind of girl next door. Yeah, the, like in Drive and The Great Gatsby, those are like mainly what I've seen her from. I think, oh, the, the only other movie that I saw that I was like really blown away by her was Shame. Um, I thought she was really good in that one, but, you know, this is definitely... Definitely the better of the two, in my opinion. Uh, and I just love the movie so much, and it's mainly because of her performance that it, the movie works. Um, it's a very layered character, and it it could have you know gone very poorly, but uh, this really worked. Yeah, she nailed it. Yeah. Absolutely nailed it. Um, I'd also I, i'd love to I'd love you to check out Black Bear. I think you'd really dig that movie. Um, it's a bit of a different movie. It's a weird movie. It stars um, Aubrey Plaza and Christopher Abbott or Abbott uh, from Possessor. Oh, yeah. So I think you'd dig it. Okay. Alrighty. Well, it's been a fantastic awards show, and we are just coming up to our very last award. Um. And I just want to, before we announce the winner, we just I just want to thank everybody again just for voting on Facebook and Instagram and just any of the interaction that you guys do. It really means a lot to us. They're so much fun to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a great time recording this podcast and we're looking forward to starting our season two. Um, before we get into that, without further ado, the nominees for Best Comedy or Musical of 2020 are Promising Young Woman. 
Bad Education. The King of Staten Island. Borat Subsequent Movie Film. And Palm Springs. And the winner for Best Comedy or Musical is... Drumroll. You know, they say comedy is all about... Timing. Not about does it. Palm Springs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Palm Springs. Palm Springs wins best comedy or musical. Well earned. Oh, People loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was overwhelming how many people love this on Palm uh, on Instagram. And you know what? I totally agree. It's it's a friggin' phenomenal movie. Mm-hmm. Really great film yeah. that I haven't oh, seen yeah. yet, but people seem to love Amazon Prime. Check it out. I will. I will. It's one of those Alrighty. that got so much buzz. I was like, oh wait, but no, I need yeah. to watch it. Do it. But yeah, that, that wraps it up, folks. Thank you for listening to this episode and making it all the way through. It means a lot to us. Uh, if you want to find more, you can find us, our episodes, all our relevant links at halconmedia.com. That's H-A-L-L-K-O-N.com. Follow us on Instagram, the Greg and Matt Movie Chat. Follow Matt on YouTube, Matt Hall Collection. Follow me on YouTube, CinemaCon. And stay tuned for an upcoming episode that will be out eventually. Thank you for listening. <laughs> um, do you want to promote that our season two opener is Natalie Portman? Oh, yeah. Okay. Our season two will be set off with Natalie Portman. So stay tuned for that. Till next time, everyone. Stay groovy. Watch a movie. Oh, I like that. We're keeping that. We're keeping that. Nice. <laughs>